Welcome to the Shenmue AM2 Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Shenmue AM2 Podcast. We're your hosts, Andrew and Matt. And we're here for episode 15. Uh, we have a special guest with us today. Who do we have? We have Adam Scipione. <laughs> That's actually 100% correct. You nailed Hooray! it. Hooray! <laughs> yeah. Achievement unlocked. And I've been getting it my whole life. Don't worry. <laughs> and um, anyone who's listening to this podcast is probably somewhat familiar with Adam. Um, but give us a, or tell us a little bit about yourself, Adam. How you're into the Shenmue community, I guess. Yeah, well, um, so a bit about myself in regards to Shenmue. Um, I discovered it not quite 1999, but I was, like, pretty early on. I think I first played Shenmue in, like, just after the year 2000, 2001-ish. Um, and actually, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. I actually played Shenmue 2 first, so I was introduced what? to Shenmue. Yeah, so here's the thing. Can I ramble? I mean, it's oh, kind you, of like, it's, it's got some layers to the you, story. You ramble all you like. <laughs> all right. So I grew up in a household where I was the, I had an older brother. So I don't know if you guys have older siblings, but the way it works, um, there's a hierarchy where if your older brother says, you know, we're getting uh, an Xbox, we're getting an Xbox, I, you know, so I, I couldn't, I couldn't say like, oh, I want a GameCube or I want a Dreamcast or I want a PS2 or none of that. So I basically had to play what he played. So he got the original Xbox, um, and one day he brought home like a whole bunch of video games, and one of them was Shenmue 2. So being the, uh, I guess the quintessential nerd that I was back then when I was into like anime, uh, foreign films, video games, like the whole trifecta, Shenmue was just like, oh, video game set. In China, I'm gonna play this, and you know, just like everybody else, it had a great story. I was totally captivated by the characters, the music, all that stuff. And I remember telling my brother, I was like, "Yo, like, bro, this game is amazing. Like, you need to try it." And I think his response to me, and I still give him crap for it to this day. He was like, "Oh, you mean that stupid Chinese game? Like, you actually like that?" So that kind of hurt. But then <laughs> after after playing Shenmue 2, it was. Uh, I ended up, like, rushing through the game. Well, not rushing through, but I beat it um, as fast as I could, but, like, as detailed as I could. So I was, like, you know, talking to all the characters and trying to explore every nook and cranny. And then after I finished 2, I was just like, okay, I need to track down his Sega Dreamcast. I need to track down Shenmue and beat the first game. Now, I did watch the the, the film that came with the, the DVD for Shenmue 2, so I knew what happened beforehand. But Shenmue 2 was how I got introduced in it. And then after that, I basically became an evangelical Shenmue fan, and I preached it to everybody at my high school. <laughs> I, I think you're the actual first person I've ever talked to about this game that has played the second one first. Really? Oh, I find that surprising. I think there's a few people I've talked to on 500K who are the same, but yeah, the, we were not like a Sega family, so like I had one friend who had a Sega Dreamcast, and that was about it. So, um, and I, I just think, I think it makes more sense to like probability-wise of people have, to have played the second one first because yeah. there was way more Xboxes. <laughs> yeah, more exposure, yeah. definitely for sure. Much bigger install base. Um, so, how long did it take before you were able to play the first game? Oh, um, not too long after, actually. I think it was in a matter of, like, weeks, because there was a kid at my school. 
Um, and I'll never forget this. His name's Kevin Gunnell. Kevin, if you're out there, thank you. You changed my life. <laughs> but um, I remember when I was going through my evangelical states and I was telling everybody who played video games that they needed to play this game called Shenmue 2 or the Shenmue series if they had a Dreamcast. And he was like, oh, yeah, I have the first game for the Sega Dreamcast. My uncle gave it to me. And I was just like, wait, you do? Like, you have, can I borrow it? He's like, dude, you could have it. It's so stupid. Like, it's the worst game ever. <laughs> so <laughs> he gave it to me, and then I basically just... I mean, you've talked to James Reiner. I'm not going to compare myself to, like, the same fandom in J as James Reiner, but I like to say I'm pretty close. Like, I was just in it. Like, I, I, I beat that series, I think, probably about... 15 times each over the course of my life. Um, yeah. Not not quite James Reiner fandom. I mean, you're just... No, I got a hats off to James Reiner. You, you, He's the Kevin, king. You're just making a documentary. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm trying... Yeah. I guess that gives me some fanboy cred, but, uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's... I still... It's crazy to me that Shenmue 2 first. Mm. Um, yeah. So, well, then the obvious question is, which do you like better? Ooh, see, that's that's the tricky one because it's. I part of me wants to say Shenmue One because I'm the kind of guy who'll say, you know, the first Lord of the Rings is the best, the first Star Wars is the best, the first the first of any trilogy or any any uh, chronological epic is always the best in my opinion. But then because I played Shenmue Two first, um, which by the way. Despite what people say about how, you know, uh, Shenmue 2 came to the Xbox and that was horrible because it killed the series, like, if that never happened, I never would have got introduced to the series. Yeah. Um, so I'm a bit torn on that argument, but, yeah, I don't know, I have fonder memories of Shenmue 2 because it was, like, the first time I was introduced to it, but I feel like as as a, a completed experience, I feel like Shenmue 1 just has a bit more... a bit more je ne sais quoi, as they say in France, or, I guess, in French Canada, too. Um, <laughs> But uh, oh man, that's a tough question. I don't know. Shenmue 2 is just so much. It it it's it it it's epic in a in a different sort of way. It it offers you more, but at the same time, feels like it's lacking on certain areas that Shenmue 1 had. Um, yeah. Oh boy. I, I feel like I'm going down the rabbit hole now. They both have their merits, and you have a special connection with the first one you play. So yeah, yeah. I find especially with video games, even more so than like movies or music. Nostalgia is very hard to pull away from when comparing something. Yeah, it's a huge factor. Agreed. Um, another, I think, where you see it is all people always say Super Mario Three or Super Mario World, or A Link to the Past or Ocarina of Time. Mm -hmm. um, and it's those things just always happen. They always will. It's I don't know. It's something. Yeah, just when people think it's you, it's impossible to take nostalgia out as much as someone might like to when trying to objectively look at something. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll we'll go back here a bit to... Um, so you played Shenmue 2, beat it. You played Shenmue 1 and beat it. Oh, yeah. Um, waiting for Shenmue 3. So the original Shenmue 3 back in, I guess, whenever it would have come out, 2003. Um, and it just didn't. How, how did you feel back then? Um, oh, it's, it feels like my heart is just getting ripped out of my chest all over again, <laughs> just thinking about it. Um, yeah, I mean, we we probably all read the same material. Like, there was that, that one Kikizo article that got everybody so hyped up, and uh, that, even though it was unrelated to Shenmue 3, just that, that 
finished polished Shenmue Online trailer. Just seeing things like that getting you all hyped up. But yeah, when it when it didn't come, like when it was supposed to, and then and like I think I I held out hope for like let's see, but 2000. I think I officially told myself Adam let it go in like 2010, and, and that's when I was just like. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll take a backseat to the fandom. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll log it in the back of my brain. It's like, it'll always be my favorite series, but I got to be realistic about this. But yeah, man, I was, uh, I was like a believer for the longest time and it was really bumming me out. I think I remember one time during like when Halo 2 or Halo, no, Halo 3 was really big. I remember just like hating all my friends. <laughs> because they're like, Adam, you gotta get Halo 3. I'm like, shut up, man. Like, you guys are dead to me. I need Shenmue 3. You hated anyone who got a third game <laughs> and <the thing> was, <laughs> in any series. <laughs> I find myself sympathizing with the Half-Lifers. Yeah. And the guys, so because, like, I get it, man. Like, I understand. I just hate the number three now. I, I think <laughs> the Half-Lifers have it the worst now because, like... That was really the only major thing that didn't happen in that Sony press yeah, conference. They're the only ones got shafted. <laughs> I really, I, I really think that Gabe Newell's just holding out for like, once the world can't get any worse, he's gonna be like, guys, Half Life Three, don't worry, I'm here to save the day. <laughs> so you're saying about three and a half years from now, Trump gets reelected. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's saving it for Trump's second term. If that happens, he's like, he's gonna step in. Him and Elon Musk, between the two of them, will save humanity. This will brighten a few days at least. <laughs> uh, um, yes. Yeah, Thinking about that weight, though, I was listening to another podcast uh, yesterday, I believe, and he, this guy, they happened to mention Shenmue, and he brought up an interesting point, how when the, Shenmue came out in 1999, um, we were all playing it, and the game takes place in 86, and we were like, whoa, 86, that's like so long ago. It was only 13 years beforehand. And then from Shenmue 2 to when Shenmue... Three got announced is longer than the amount of time that you rewind, you know, Rio's <laughs> journey from where we oh played it. Oh my god, to. that's a fantastic like, when you when you break it down that way. Yeah, it's 13 years between '86 and '99, and between what 2001 or something and 2015, it's 14 years. So it's a that's little bit crazy. more. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, even like my my uh, the people that knew me in high school knew how obsessed with this game I was, and it became kind of like. Uh, so like you know you graduate high school you move on with your life um and i'm in college at a different city and i remember just getting like facebook inboxes from people that like i hadn't talked to since graduating like three four years ago being like lol still waiting for shenmue like how's it going i was like oh man don't come on don't <laughs> just don't do that now when shenmue online get announced what were your initial thoughts of that um, I was never like a big PC gamer, but I remember being like, okay, like however much money I need to invest to play this game, like uh, sign me up if I have to learn Japanese or Cantonese, just in case it's not translated to English, like let me do it. Mom, where do I take courses? Um, that kind of like, I was just fully on board. I knew even though it wasn't uh, a, a third installment to the game i was i was craving something so bad and uh, i know the community is kind of torn like it's a lot of like the you know f shenmue online to to a certain extent i looking back on it now i'm like yeah that's really how it should have been but um i think it had potential 
based off what I was seeing on that initial trailer. But then as you kind of learn more about what the game's about, it kind of seemed to me like, I don't know if, if I'm really super on board with it, but I guess we'll never know, right? Yeah, and I, I wonder if that if it, if Shenmue Online get announced instead of Shenmue Three back at that play, PlayStation press conference. Oh, how, oh my how god! Much of a difference. It would. There would be rioting in the streets. Yeah, man. people would have been just as angry as they were when they like the year before when Square was like, "Hey, you got like Final Fantasy VII? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a PC port." <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I agree. That that would have been, I think, the final nail in the coffin to a lot of people who already who already have a, a bad taste in their mouth when they think of Shenmue. Like a lot of the X fans or former fans out there. That being said, now that we are getting Shenmue three, I would be interested to play Shenmue online. Yeah, why not? I mean, I've I've played a lot of like I, I got into WoW a little bit, and uh, PC gaming kind of it, it does have its. It's charm, and I don't really know how Shenmue Online would have fit into that, but it, I thought, I think it would have been cool just having more of the lore expanded yeah. and um, diving into more of the characters. I wasn't really big on the whole like create your own character and vital. It's like I want, I want to be Ryo or I want to be Ren or I want to be one of these guys. Yeah, when it when it first got announced, I was just doing, like you said, just justifying everything. Like, well, gonna drop all this money on a nice PC. <laughs> gonna do this. Gonna do this. Yep, uh, and I'm, I'm at the end of the day. I think I'm glad it got canceled. Mm-hmm. As much as that, like we didn't get something Shenmue, and we had to wait what seems like light years now. <laughs> but we're we're there now, I guess. They're almost yeah. there. I feel like it just uh, through the lens of a fan. I like to think that everything kind of worked itself out in the end, and just kind of everything fell into place as it was supposed to. Yeah, I, I, that's a great way to put it. It did everything kind of worked itself out in the wash and here we are (laughs) as adults and I I think really and I think we talked about this on an earlier podcast like I was a kid back then I'm an adult now I have somewhat of a disposable income that I could actually fund this with Um, I don't know if this had been done back then if it would have been as successfully funded as it was on Kickstarter um, assuming Kickstarter existed back then (laughs) Uh, but I don't know if Kickstarter could have existed that's, back then. That's a, an interesting way to put it, yeah, because, I mean, based on what I see on 500k, the, there, there are fans of, you know, a relative broad range of ages. And, yeah, like, if, if Kickstarter, that platform was available back in, like, 2004 or five or something, um, I wouldn't have had as much money as I did to throw at it comfortably. I would have had to... You know, by the time I had that much money, I would have had to work a summer job, and then the campaign would have been over. By the time I had enough money saved up working at like a Tim Hortons or whatever. But now that everyone who is a fan is just older and does have that disposable income, it worked out really, really nicely. Yeah. Maybe that was his plan all along. He's like, he he pulled the David Lynch in um, <laughs> Twin Peaks. He's like 15. No, wasn't Twin Peaks 20 years? Yeah. I forget the amount of 25, time. 25. Yeah. 25. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> this is Grand Vision all along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Twin, Twin Peaks is my other favorite thing. Oh. <laughs> Twin Peaks and Shenmue were both announced to return within like six months of each other. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, I still. It was a good year for that. It was. <laughs> did um just to go off topic for a second, but did did the uh, the the sequel of the remake of Twin Peaks did that already come into fruition or is that still being? It's premiering in twenty two days, I think. 
Oh, that's exciting. I still haven't finished the original yet. I know uh, some people are bugging me to to hurry up on that, but yeah, it's something that I want to dive into now that the uh, the new the new series is coming back. I find it also fascinating. Yeah, actually, no, it's premiering in twelve days. Jeez. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's if you're gonna um, get back into it, you're gonna have to binge pretty pretty hard because it's there's less days left than there are episodes. So. Mm-hmm. Less days left in our episodes. Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna have to watch like three episodes a day to catch up at this point. Oh, I might be able to squeeze that in if I just stop sleeping for the next little bit. <laughs> um, now back to the wolf we'll hop in the, the time machine here. Sure. Um, assuming we all three of us fit. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so go back to E3 2015. Um, how did you like immediately prior to the conference? Did you think there was going to be anything announced? Um, personally, I did not. Um, I, I still had like an ounce of hope, like everyone else did, but um, there was a time when I would watch every single Sony conference there. I, basically, all the conferences of E3, I would watch stream them. And uh, that particular year, I was just like, eh, you know what, like, I, I'm going to invite some friends over. We're going to have a few beers. We're going to play Magic the Gathering, and uh, maybe we'll put the stream on in the background, which we did just as a background thing. And then my internet died, uh-huh. and and I, I was like, eh, like I don't want to reset it. I'm in a really intense game right now. I think I had like my, my bear deck, and I had like nine bears on the field. <laughs> I digress. Um, and, and then I started getting all these messages just with exclamation marks. And then I was like, oh my God. Like I knew as soon as I saw those exclamation marks what had happened. And I, I felt so bad that I missed it live. Uh, but unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> now, so once you saw those exclamation points, what was the, what reaction was there then? Um, Did you well, leap I, in I, front of your magic friends? <laughs> I, I like stood up started pacing around the room started like breathing heavily and being like like i don't want to swear on your podcast but i was saying things that i wouldn't want to say in front of my own mother um and they're like adam like what's wrong what's wrong and i was just like i need to call people i need to text people i'm on the phone i I think i called james reiner i called Corey marshall i was just like trying to i needed somebody to talk to but um, oh, it was just. I think I had to like tell my friends. I was like, "Hey guys, do you mind if we like stop? Like, I'm I'm kind of in a moment right now." <laughs> but oh, it was it was such a magical experience. I'm sure it was the same for you guys. Where, um, I mean, did you did you watch live? Did you have that that yep. privilege? I lost my mind when it happened. And every year, my friend Tim, he's he's just like you're like like an abused animal. You just keep coming back, and <laughs> you know things will be different this year. <laughs> yep. And I always, I never lost the hope. I, I can say that honestly. Like every year, I had hope. And Tim jokingly he's like, "Yeah, call me like halfway through. We'll talk about what's going on." And I said, "No, I'll call you when Shenmue gets announced." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, halfway through." <laughs> yeah. And I literally, like, once I calmed down, and my wife was dying laughing at me. Um, I just called him, and I'm like, "Oh, oh my, oh, oh my god." <laughs> And he's just like, I can't, I can't believe this happened. <laughs> and like, I remember, yeah. I was just like, ah, oh, I just want to say I told you so, so bad, but I, I literally couldn't even get words out. I was just like a little kid. Definitely the happiest day of, I think, all of our lives. <laughs> uh, I mean, 
you know, wedding days and stuff aside, uh, the, the announcement of Shenmue 3. <laughs> It's, it's in my top ten days of my life, I'll say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we could say that, definitely. <laughs> I, I would say top three for sure. <laughs> yeah. You're not married yet, are you? No, I'm getting married next summer, so unfortunately Shenmue 3 announcement will have to be bumped down from where it currently is. <laughs> um, yeah, unless it stays where it is and the marriage slides in that number two. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, honey, I have to be honest. <laughs> Just have all your groomsmen dress up as sailors. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> I think with my fiance knowing how obsessed with Shenmue I am, I feel like she, at the back of her head, she's like, I swear to god, if he pulls some Shenmue stunt, oh boy. She, I think she, she feels like something might happen, but uh, I can never do that to her. Come down, um, the, come down the aisle in a forklift, pick <laughs> her up, and take her away. <laughs> I, I think I promised her one 24 hour Shenmue free day. Um, in my August. mind, I'm just picturing someone there. would be like, and instead of saying "I do," be like, "I see." <laughs> I see. <laughs> or let's get sweaty. After. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> all right. That's true love, though. Giving us Shen- Shenmue for a day. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> um, back on track here. Um, so. The Kickstarter, um, obviously you donated. Um, hmm. Then you got to go on the trip uh, to Japan. I think you, you were, was it Pete Campbell's plus one? Yes, I was uh, Peter Campbell's uh, plus one uh, for his $10,000 tier, which um, I can't thank that guy enough. He literally like changed the course of this film by doing that. Now, let's go back to this film for a moment. So, how did the initial... Well, I guess we'll say the initial film because this film has taken kind of a, I guess, a 180 degree turn. Mm-hmm. Um, and if anyone was working on any project and a, I say this in air quotes, a wrench got thrown in like this, most <laughs> people would just be like, oh my god, this just, I have to reshoot everything. <laughs> and I imagine you feel the exact opposite well, of you that. Could, you could pull one of those things where, honestly, it's, it's the most satisfying thing in a documentary where, like, they have the subject. They do the whole story, and you're like, oh, I wonder how that would have ended. And then it's like, yeah. however many months later. And then they have a little epilogue, you know. But yours is it's, probably more than an epilogue. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when you mention that, that, um, you know, any other person would just give up and be like, well, like, this story is ruined. That's how I felt initially when I first called Randall, the guy I'm directing this with, because I had been in such um, a mindset that, this documentary was going to tell the story of like you know the video game that wasn't meant to be and in my head my vision was like you know i'm gonna we're gonna talk about why it was great we're gonna dive a bit into the history and we're gonna end on like this somber but like uplifting note where it's like maybe i was gonna try to like tie in a message of hope and that like you know don't give up hope because you never know one day i was i was going down that track so much and then i was like randall like our film is ruined and then he's just like no you idiot like this is the best thing that could have happened he didn't call me an idiot but he he told me that and i was just like oh yeah you're right this is awesome this is great uh for the film i mean for a fan as a fan i was just like hey i'm getting the game like i don't need to do this anymore but uh (laughs) but then yeah we started talking and so many possibilities started opening up that it's like okay if we're gonna do this Let's do it right, and let's just 
yeah, dive right into it and and make a really cool documentary that would is like you know a hundred times better than what it ever would have been. So, do you think it would have been out by now if the game hadn't been announced? Mm, I think there's a good chance that it would have been maybe because. At that time, I wasn't really getting a lot of um, how do I want to phrase this? I, w- I wasn't getting a lot of like support from um, like the higher up um, like you know interview subjects like best case scenarios because at that time, I think I started off interviewing fans of 500k and then that opened up to like YouTubers that are pretty well known and then voice actors and then once I got to voice actors, I was like, hey, I think I have enough to tell a story that I could put on YouTube um, and who knows how long it's going to be and then you know with the announcement that kind of changed things and that also allowed us to make a pitch video to Yu Suzuki's team and then they got back to us and they're like hey we really like what you're doing this is awesome and then we started hearing from people like Peter Moore um, just by reaching out you know like casting your net in the ocean so to speak and then getting these responses back from people who were actually there developing the game or working you know within sega of america at that time and it was just like oh man like this is this is really cool like i wonder how deep we could go and then it so that's why it's it's not out yet because it's it's uh, a lot of like we just got to keep getting more and more people and more and more people keep (laughs) signing on to do this so it's like oh my gosh like let's yeah might as well, yeah. Make, yeah. Make it better. Um, Peter Moore, he's the, he he's stated before that he's like kind of afraid of Shenmue fans, isn't he? Uh, I think he jokingly mentioned <laughs> that, yeah. But uh, he's he's well aware of how Shenmue, like the majority of Shenmue fans, view him, and like he gets it, he he understands. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's all water under the bridge now. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, he's he now has his dream job with uh, Liverpool. I believe the soccer team. So, yeah, um, glad that we got him when we did uh, before he got that new job. But, but yeah. Now, how did the like whole concept of the documentary initially come together? So this was back in like I think I rejoined. I didn't rejoin, but I my Shenmue fandom kind of sparked up again back in like 2012 ish when. I discovered the website... Well, no. I discovered that the Shenmue Dojo was still alive and active, which totally blew me away because, like, I stopped going on, like, lurking, like, so long ago, back in, like, 2006 or something. And um, so when I saw that the Shenmue community was still alive, it kind of, like, brought something back inside me where I was like, oh, man, like, this game played a huge part in my 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 high school experience basically my upbringing because i started playing it at a really young age and um so when i saw that the shenmue dojo community was still there i started you know doing some more digging around and of course there was no shenmue 3 announcement because um obviously there wasn't at that time but i I started like getting diving more into the shenmue world again and all these emotions started coming back and then i shortly discovered shenmue 500k and uh seeing that the community was pretty thriving there um i joined it and then i started talking to people right away and it was just like man i miss this like i i never had the opportunity to talk with shenmue fans uh in real life because there was none in the town i grew up in or nobody i could convince wanted to play the game so here i am 
24, 25 years old, however old I was when I joined 500K. And just having all these people that I wish I was able to talk to all those years ago. And then I, I saw that, you know, the campaigns like um, the uh, tweeting the third of every month, people making all these um images or campaigns to, to keep the Shenmue name alive, try, you know, maybe one day somebody might come along and make this game. And that was really inspiring to me, seeing that people were uh, putting the, putting so much effort into um, something that I gave up on all those years ago and seeing people who are still committed to it. That, that kind of inspired me to be like, man, you know what, like, I went to film school, I, I know how to use a camera, I'm, I, I'm friends with, uh, you know, a production company in this town here, like, we have access to cool equipment, like, I think I might be able to, to make a little, like, tribute video to Shenmue, um, which was kind of the, in, the first initial concept of, like, a Shenmue documentary. I think I just wanted to talk to the fans, maybe talk to some voice actors, and just tell the story of the game that never was and the fan and the impact it had on the gaming industry and the impact it had on fans and that's basically what it was supposed to just the short thing with fans and voice actors telling a neat little story to put it out on 500k for everybody to enjoy yeah sorry i rambled oh my gosh <laughs> no worries that's what now, we asked you <laughs> <laughs> now you guys i had watched the um chasing shenmue mm -hmm. uh, the I guess podcasts or videos on YouTube, and you guys, there was a fire, um, and you yeah. guys lost quite a bit. Um, thankfully, we lost no major footage, but there was a lot of, well, basically the whole studio went up in flames. Um, some gear, like lenses, cameras, that sort of thing. But we had backups of all the necessary footage. But yeah, that that kind of uh, pulled the plug for a little bit because at that point the onus was spread out uh, between myself, Randall Mark, the guys at Faux Pop, you know, they're like, hey, we're making the Shenmue documentary, so it's 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 another project in the books that we're working on uh, that we're going to, you know, uh, allocate our own money to and assets to to make happen. And then when this fire happened, it basically, um, that well, Mark and Randall, the guys who own Faux Pop Media, that's basically kind of like their house going up to flames. Like that is their their livelihood. They put so much work into that studio that when they lost it, it was just like, all right, we kind of have to stop what we're doing with all these projects and and get ourselves back together. We have to find a new studio space. We need to get revenue coming in. Um, and I, and I, I I understood. I was like, okay, like I'll I'll do what I can now. So there was like a time when I was just editing the footage that I had, kind of at this stagnant. Uh, point because it was like I felt bad trying to uh, pursue this uh, and and with their help knowing full well that they were kind of at this this uh, time where they couldn't really do much in terms of like assisting so I was doing what I could could by myself but at the same time it was like okay let's 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 wait let's regroup let's get ourselves back on our feet and uh, yeah it wasn't that long before they found a new space uh, thankfully but yeah it was a shame what happened. Now, when you, had you, because you mentioned you you guys had put together the video package and sent it uh, to Yu Suzuki's team. Yeah. Um, prior to that, I guess when you went on the trip with Pete, 
was that already in place and you kind of did a little business while you were there or uh yes so the pitch video we sent to yusan and and his team that was a while ago that was obviously not right after we made that youtube teaser but shortly after um and uh, i had i had heard from an inside source that um they had shown Yu Suzuki that video before it even went live. Um, one of the earlier cuts that I made, it's so not that teaser, but one that I made before. So I knew that he was aware of the project, but I didn't really hear anything back. So I was like, oh, what if he saw it and was just like, ah, eh, like I don't care what this guy's doing. So I got kind of nervous. But then when we, we, we made like an official pitch video where we interviewed ourselves and talked on camera and we, we actually put a lot of effort into this thing where we're like, hey, like we really, really want to work with you and we hope you see value in this project. And when we heard back from them, we were all like over the moon because we're like, yes, like we're in like that. This is what we want. Like we have access to all that stuff. So when I did go to Japan, we had already been communicating back and forth and they had set up some time for me to come down to their offices there and where they're working and developing the game. And we talked for a bit and I wasn't there too long. It was more of like a initial meeting um type of thing but they let me get a little bit of footage and uh we basically continued the relationship we built before and now we're communicating more and more um you know as as we're starting to sh go shooting again we're working with them on you know what we can do and what we can get access to and that sort of thing so how many times have you been there to get some footage for your your film then i've only been to japan at one time okay but, um, but are there plans to go again Yes, uh, definitely. There will need to be another trip to Japan. I think we might be able to get an interview. Uh, when, I mean, it's not a matter of if, but when we get the interview with Yu Suzuki, it might be in Japan. It might be uh, when he's stateside because he does travel a lot for business and, and work. Um, but definitely a trip to Japan to the Shenmue archives, which when I was uh, at their studio before, he was telling me a bit about he was just like, oh yeah, there's just there's there's rooms and rooms like filled with concept drawings and old assets that you you know you'd love to get video and photos of and scan all these things and he yeah so he basically like yeah it'll uh, definitely take you longer than an hour the hour that you have today to do all that so he got me really excited for a potential return trip. Awesome. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. <laughs> when he when he was showing me just the the limited stuff that was there. Um, that they kind of had in, in filing cabinets and, and uh, desks and their drawers, I was uh, I was just like ecstatic just seeing it. I was like, oh my god! Like I was trembling just because my my inner fandom was like taking over uh, the fact that I was supposed to be like making a movie at that time, and I was just, I was just freaking out so hard. It was amazing. Now, he must have been like just awesome to get to interact with. He's such a. a humble down-to-earth guy and he's really really funny too like uh he we were cracking a lot of jokes on that tour bus and uh one of one of the highlights of my trip there was around the bus and he had a bottle of water um and then the bus made like a right hand turn and the bottle of water fell off the table but i caught it before it hit the ground and I put it back on the, the desk and he looked at me and he was like, he gave me a little like head nod, like that was, you know, nice. And then I think I said like, without skipping a beat, I was like QTE. And then he slapped the table and he started dying of laughter. And I was like, ah, I made you Suzuki laugh. Like this is the, the best day of my life. Awesome. 
Um, let's let's talk about that bus for a moment. Yeah. Um, there's a, a photo that's uh, circulated through the community of you guys, so the people that were on the dinner trip. Um, yeah. Got to see a little bit of a preview on the laptop. Now, did he like? Did you guys know that was going to happen? No, that was a total surprise. Now, did he? kind of give you guys a warning of like hey i'm going to show you something or literally just open this laptop so what he was he was he had his laptop open and he was asking us he was showing us like older things that he had done like i think he was asking like us um if we had questions about any older games or the development of the first two games and i think he brought out his laptop when i asked i was like that game you were developing that arcade game uh Oh, I'm blanking on the name right now, but I knew it when I was there. Psy, Psy something. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? It was like an arcade game, like a touchscreen fighter not, game. I'm not sure. I'm not oh, off the, top of my head. The, the fans are screaming it at their computer <laughs> screens right now. But I asked them if uh, I was like, oh, can we like, do you have any assets on that? Because I thought that was a really cool looking game. And uh, he showed me like the pitch trailer that they had sent off to people. And it was really cool seeing something that, like, I, I don't think really saw the light of day for the public, which was neat. And then right after that, he was like, oh, you guys want to see something cool? And uh, and then he pulled out his laptop and he opened up a file. And I think they're like, at that point, he was like, OK, cell phones away, please. And we're like, yep, oh, boy, we're going to see something. And sure enough, sure enough, we did. Now, were you worried at all that you like you might have had something spoiled for you by seeing this? Or was it just pure excitement? Um, I mean, I guess you could... It depends on what you classify as spoilers. Because I'm sure there's some people out there who... You know, it's like, if, if, if I say to you, Oh yeah, in Shenmue 3, like, Ryo fights bad guys who <laughs> are wearing black suits. And uh, they're, they're, you know, uh, henchmen of the Chiyu men. Mm-hmm. Some people will be like, Whoa, spoilers, dude, I don't want to know that. But... Oh, yeah. But you obviously know that Ryo is going to get into fights in Shenmue 3 with bad guys who are henchmen of the Chiu men. Like, that's kind of a given. I think we've seen a screenshot of just that, I think, since you've been there. I think. Oh, that's right. And that was, I think, one of the update uh, videos. Mm -hmm. So everything we saw, it was all just um, things that we were expected, but there was no... Not, no story elements were spoiled or anything. It was a lot of just locations. Uh, I think the cutscenes that we saw were just over music. It was like a compilation of highlight shots. Um, but what I will tell you that when that photo was snapped, when I had that stupid grin on my face where people said I look like Drake, um, <laughs> which I don't, by the way, uh, uh, what, what I, I remember I was grinning like that because they had I, I think it was either the towards the end of the video or something but it was the um the scene of when Shenmue 2 ended mm-hmm. but like in the unreal engine so you know the cave oh, with yeah. real Shenfa just kind of that that same the setting but remade redone and just seeing that environment of where like the last thing you see in Shenmue 2 seeing that and then it led to you know like what's you know, here's some teaser images that we're going to see in Shenmue 3. That's when I had that big grin on my face because I had just finished Shenmue 2 before coming to Japan. Um, so that the image was fresh in my mind. So then when I saw that and what it's going to look like on Shenmue 3, I was, yeah, it, hence the grin, let's say. <laughs> now, did you see 
Rio's true face, or was it blocked and obscured for you as well? <laughs> oh, I can't remember, actually. <laughs> we saw a lot of landscapes, and, uh, I mean, we saw body movements and stuff. Um, yeah. Anytime... Yeah. The only time we've seen, like, Rio's face in a Kickstarter update, it's just been a photoshopped Rio's face on the, uh. on the bottle. <laughs> Um, oh, they still haven't revealed his true face, as far as I know. Did you see <laughs> Cool Z is the leader of the Chiyu Men? Oh, I don't <laughs> say that out loud. No, <laughs> no but um, yeah. So the stuff we saw on that that laptop was cool, and um, I uh, and yeah, it was it was a, it was a wicked experience. And there was some things that you know, obviously, when I was at their studio when they were working on the game, um, they allowed me to get some shots of everything they were doing so i mean i could say i have footage and i had things spoiled for me that day uh to a degree but um yeah i mean i obviously lips were sealed on that but i don't want to spoil it for everybody else but yeah that's i've, I've seen some things i just gotta say it's, it's looking really cool uh it's, it's looking like a really really promising game and i think people are going to be thrilled when they play it did you get any hands-on time with the controller even briefly Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Not even at, like, you know, uh, somebody who's designing something. Hey, you want to make me a block? <laughs> well, they they let us watch it, like, or they let me, like, watch what they were doing, and they're like, okay, so this button does this, and this button does this, and it was cool. Um, but I never got any hands-on time, no, unfortunately. Hey, we'll be there soon. The game will be out, and we'll all be on the same page. Um, with the documentary, what is your end goal? So, I, the purpose, like, what do you want to people to take away from it? Well, it sounds like it was one thing, but you've had to change that. So mm-hmm. What would that be now? Yeah, so the end goal before was just to let whoever watched the movie know that there's a game out there that affected the lives of so many people, and they never gave up hope for that game. And now, the fact that we're getting a third game, the message is more or less the same, and we want to pay tribute to the game, but we also want to explore all the work that went into making the game and the history not of not just Shenmue, but we want to tell the story of Yu Suzuki and his life and, you know, uh, the Sega Dreamcast, and we want to just really paint a very vivid picture of that time period and this game and what it means and the impact it had in the gaming industry and we just want something to commemorate Shenmue and we want it to be really polished and include as much detail as we can I'm I'm really excited to see the final product when it whenever you guys um, are finished it's something that I'm really really excited for Oh, thank you. It's very kind of you to say. And it's kind of, I've been following it since you guys kind of first announced what you are doing however long ago, and I've been watching the the vlogs on YouTube, and I don't know, I'm just, I'm excited. Anything Shenmue related, like, even when he was announced as a, when Ryo was announced as a character in Sega All-Stars Racing, <laughs> I just remember coming <laughs> home, or going to my, uh, dorm room when I lived at university, opening my laptop, going to IGN and seeing a picture of Ryo Suki, and my heart just started beating a bit fast when I opened it up and I'm like, he's driving a forklift through a jungle, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and yep. just any anytime there's anything I'm getting more and more excited like well um, 
The next goal is to get Ryo in Tekken 7. Right now, he's being beaten by Kazuma Kiryu from Yakuza. (laughs) That would be awesome if they had both. They should have both. That would be so cool. Yeah, if you're listening to this, vote on uh, vote on Rio in that poll. I think the poll's still open, isn't <laughs> I it? I don't know if it's an actual poll. I think he's just like, everybody tweet at me. <laughs> Harada just wants uh, everyone to tweet at him. Oh, that's right, yeah. I, I, I hope he knew what he was getting into when he when he made that tweet. Like, if he knew the uh, how notorious Shenmue fans were with their with their polls and their and their uh, tweet-a-thons and stuff like that. Yeah, um, yeah like, when, when we get behind something, we mean business. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty cool to see. Six million dollars worth of business. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I love how uh, it was like when I saw Shenmue trending like number one on Twitter or top whatever. Um, just seeing that was like, what? Like, how is this possible? <laughs> and that was crazy that it was trending because Last Guardian and Final Fantasy were announced before it. Like, yeah. Statistics wise. You'd think there would just be, and Final Fantasy is such a bigger franchise. Um, yeah, it's just it's weird. <laughs> so um, we're gonna hop back in the time machine here. We're All right, go let's back go. To, to 1999. Getting what? I'm getting whiplash. <laughs> you knew what you signed up for. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna put the dial back to 1999. We're in a, a GameStop, and uh, or you're Canadian. We're in an EB game. We're EB game. We're an electronics boutique. Yeah, or if you want to go like hardcore, we're in a microplay. I don't know that. Oh, oh you guys have microplay. I thought I didn't oh, know we, that was we had microplay. We had microplay. Well, they're gone now, but we did have them. <laughs> yeah. No, there's there's still microplays around. There is one in Sutton, I believe, or, or near there. My friend still goes to it, but yeah, electronic boutiques represent. And your, you know, we run into each other, and you you're pitching Shenmue to me, so. You know, how would you pitch it to me back then? Um, and this is, you are not a Shenmue fan when I run into you? I am not a Shenmue fan. Okay, let's see. I did this a bunch of times. Um, how would I pitch to I mean, I would pitch it to you is a, is, it's, you know, it's a game that you have to play because it's one of the, the most entertaining games I've ever played on, you know, the Dreamcast or the the Xbox. Um, you know, it's if if I would say to you, hey, do you have a Dreamcast or do you have an Xbox? Oh, you do. You need to buy Shenmue or Shenmue 2 right now and play that game because it is life changing. And uh, for the price that it is now, which I mean, it was they were selling it for really cheap at a time. Like you cannot go wrong. Um, you will love this game. You will get hooked. And then I could have someone to talk to and geek out about it. So I'm not just like bugging my my younger siblings with how awesome this game is. And then I would start hyperventilating. <laughs> and, then, and then you would walk away awkwardly and be like, what's wrong with this guy? Give me a copy of Max Payne 2, please. Thank you. Have a nice day. That's how the conversation would go. I don't know. If somebody hyperventilated because they're so excited about a game, I might, I might check it out. But I, I mean... passionate. All my, all my friends and all the people that I grew up with who played video games, I tried so hard to get them to play Shenmue. And I was just saying, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, I would always say it's fully voiced. Like this game, there's no text. It's all voiceover. It's amazing. You know, the game has like story elements. I, I really sold QTE as like a big, uh, component to it because I thought that was really fun. I remember playing, um, 
like like at the when I would go to like Playdiums as a kid, there'd be like these arcade games that would have QTE segments, and I would love those. So the fact that they had them in Shenmue in Shenmue 2, I thought that was just amazing. And the story and the music, and I would tell them all this. I would, I would tell them it's it's like you're playing a movie, and the game is just so epic and awesome, and it's such a long game, like you really get your money's worth. And unfortunately, because it wasn't Halo or or Ninja Gaiden. Or Fable, and you know, they're all those are all great games. Because it wasn't a quote-unquote AAA game, people just didn't want anything to do with it, and that was like the biggest thing. I was, I was like, I guess I was a video game hipster at 12 years old, and it made everybody so annoyed with me. <laughs> Precocious child. <laughs> <laughs> now, how would you sell it to someone today? Well, I, I feel like it would be easier because I could just say like, hey. Like you're familiar with、uh, Mass Effect or or you know Skyrim or those games of you know that they have you know big open world RPGs, then you might like Shenmue、um, uh, because I feel like the gaming the trends in the gaming industry have changed a bit where it was a lot of like、um, like Mountain Dew and extreme cheddar Dorito fueled gaming, high octane stuff. That's what it was back in the day. But now I feel like people are taking a different approach to video games. Like you find indie games are really, really big.、Mm-hmm. Things like Gone Home and Undertale,、uh, Life is Strange was huge. And these are games that I feel like if they came out in the year 2000, they would have got swept under the rug, and they just would have been like a, a goofy little indie game that you know that's not worth my time. But I feel like people are their their eyes are opening up to different genres of, of games now. That I feel like if, and fingers crossed, Shenmue One and Two HD were released,、um, I feel like they would do a lot better than they did back in the day. Because people like people like exploring. They like exploring an environment. They like、uh, figuring out, you know,、uh, exploring an environment, learning more about the characters. Going on an adventure, I feel like that's valued more in games now than it than it ever was. You know, you're hundred percent right about that, and I've always been worried about Shenmue HD coming out and then people giving it a try for the first time and hating it.、Mm-hmm. What you just said is very true, so、I'm, that fills me with a bit of hope that it might find a new audience. But they, I think they still would have to modernize a few bits of it, like the cr- good controls. Like, yes, people are open to. More slow-paced stories and like you know,、uh, quote-unquote walking simulators and stuff. But if they have to suffer through antiquated controls nowadays, that might yeah that might be an out for them. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I, when you say that the the name walking simulator, that's that's funny. But I mean, that's、uh, I haven't played this game yet, but I heard、uh, Firewatch. Is that what it's called? Yeah, I have yeah. that. Yeah. So I, I heard, and that's on my to, to playlist. But I heard that that was a really successful game that a lot of people love. But I've also seen some Steam reviews, and you know,、uh, it's 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 a walking simulator. Nothing happens. Eleven out of ten would play again. Things like that. So I feel like there's a there's an audience for、uh, walking simulators and games that are slower paced. But yeah, I think it needs a little bit more tweaking for today's audience because. As big as a fan as I am, I'm not gonna say Shenmue was a perfectly polished game. Like the controls were a little muddy at times, and it required patience to to play through for sure. I I think it would be a lot easier today to pitch Shenmue than it would be in you know 1999, 2000.、Hmm. Um, we've we, like three of us. I mean,、um, in my early 30s, it's easier. Like I played games. 
I'm now an adult gamer. I have more influence. You know, if I do, if I go online and I write a review, people are more accepting to these two obscure or different games now. Uh, I think it would be a lot, much, much easier to pitch it today. And I think a lot of people would be far more receptive to uh, Shenmue HD than they would have even 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I think a good example of we talk about the antiqu- antiquated controls is the Resident Evil Zero um, PS4 remaster. Mm-hmm. They have the, you, you can do the tank controls, you can do 360 degree uh, controls. That's so all the abilities needs. there. I think uh, that's all the game really needs. Is Shenmue HD just needs revised controls and uh, faster load times, and then we'll be good to go. And the load times are definitely going to be faster. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the framework is all there uh, to make the game to, for, to make it appeal to a, a modern audience for sure. And I, I would just, I would just love to see that. I would love to be able to do like the Mass Effect thing, where your story and items and influences and actions from Shenmue One continues all the way to Three. That would just be amazing. I would like that too, but that, it seems like that'd be a long shot to pull off. Yeah, yeah. That's for I sure. Mean, a, a collection, I'm sure, would definitely let you transfer your save from one to two, but from two to three, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a little that's a little reaching, but I mean, we could hope. We've been yeah. hoping for 15 years. <laughs> yep. I mean, they do. You do see that with some games where if there's not necessarily even transferring the data, but if there's a save file from a different game, you know, you get you unlock something. Yeah. Um, have kind of a generic collection or something. Yeah, the previous two games. Um, something I really, really hope for if they do release Shenmue uh, One and Two HD is that they release them together um, in a pack. Yeah. In a pack uh, with with the documentary, maybe bundle that in there, get the full experience. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> that that would be amazing. That would. <laughs> I think they have to do One and Two together. Um, I would almost think it'd be a little reckless to do them individually. To put one out and then wait. Even if they put them out at the same time individually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think... Because really, it, it does have the Dreamcast. You can use that save file. Really, it's almost episodic, like the Telltale games now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just think it's dangerous to do it. Um, Sega would probably make less money because if you sell them as a package at a higher price point, um, you're guaranteeing that p- people pay that higher price point if they want it as opposed to giving them the option to buy just the first or just the second one mm. because a lot of people are going to buy the first one and then Law of Diminishing Returns says everyone that buys the first one probably isn't going to buy the second one because mm-hmm. not everyone's going to like it. Yeah. And I think price point is going to be huge too if this happens. $30 for both games. That's a sweet spot, I think. Canadian. I, as the $30 Canadian, yeah. <laughs> and actually, when you... When you see twenty nine ninety nine, two Shenmue games, I feel like that would have to be in U.S. dollars, and then we would get the short end of the stick. And what, what are thirty seven eighty four or whatever the conversion would be? But I think we'd still pay it. We'd gladly pay it. Yep, tenfold. <laughs> take take right. my yen. <laughs> <laughs> take my yen. Yeah, that's right. The old uh, is it Futurama? 
take my money. And shut up and take my money. Shut, <laughs> yeah, shut up and take my money. That's kind of how I was with Shenmue 3, with the Kickstarter. I lit, like I donated, and then I donated more. I like I upped my pledge, because I was like, take it, take it all, I don't need it. Give, take my money. Give till it hurts. That, uh, <laughs> the American exchange rate sure really hurt on that one, though. Oh, man, I, I was too stupid to not realize that. So when I gave my amount uh, on, on Kickstarter... I was like just thinking in my head that it's Canadian dollars. I don't know why I ever thought that. And when I got the bill, I was like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, totally worth it, though. I'm excited to, you know, enter all the details for my perks and get all that stuff when they when they send out that um, questionnaire thing in the summer. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. It's it's just gonna make it seem a little bit more real. Just That's right. Closer. Mm-hmm. I was re-listening to our episode today, actually, about the Kickstarter uh, rewards and stuff, and I forgot that there's gonna be a demo version of the game at some point. Uh, do you think you'll pay, play that demo version, or will you wait for the full release? I'm I'm waiting until the game, the full game is out and and ready to go and then i'm taking five days off work and yeah that's what's gonna happen i i actually to be honest i've even with the developer updates uh i see a lot of people i see that they get like angry when when it's like getting close to that time and they haven't seen anything yet i've kind of just taken a back seat to to it all and i've tried to not think about it so i've even tried to refrain from like watching like the videos in the developer updates themselves and it's taken like a lot of willpower initially but it's become a little easier but i just i just want to like not see any more than i already have and then play the game because I, I also don't want to spoil it for myself and which is kind of the challenge of making this film i don't know how i'm going to juggle that i might have to in any spoiler heavy areas if there are any I might have to give the camera to one of the other guys and just like go back to my hotel room and stick a pillow over my eyes and just wait it out until it's done i do like um in the blog that uh kind of talking well not really related to spoilers but um uh, who was the was it Mark or Randall? Uh, probably yeah, Randall. Uh, Randall when he said he hasn't played the games and he won't. Um, oh yeah, it needs to be he needs to be separated from it because um, I I think he kind of it guarantees that he's kind of impartial to it in yes. a way. Um, yes. And obviously you're on the other side of the fence, and we don't want you to be impartial. We want you to be as deep into this as possible. Um, and I think I really respect his decision on that. I think at some point it has to be hard for him because when you're talking about all of this, not even necessarily as a video game, but as a story, he probably wants to know what's going on. Mm. Yes, and that's uh, originally why I actually went to them in the first place. Um, I don't even think we talked much about like how I contacted Fopop originally, but... So yeah, my whole thing was I wanted to make this fan film, but they, if you know uh, about their production company, um, they're the guys who made Turtle Power, uh, the definitive history of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and uh, they're they're also behind that uh, uh, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe documentary that was it was actually did really successful on Kickstarter recently. So they do all these pop culture docs that are really, really well received. So I went to I I did see the Turtle one on Netflix. Oh, yeah, that, it was on Netflix for a long time, yeah. Yeah, so they, they dive deep, for sure. Is the He-Man one out yet? Uh, He-Man, no. So I think they, on their little Facebook page, they are at a picture lock, I think. So they're, 
they are actually almost done and ready to go. Yeah. But um, I came to him because I'm like, hey, I'm coming at this from a fan. Um, I'm going to try to remain as, um, you know, like, I'm trying to going to try to walk that fine line of, like, telling a story and, and being a fan and playing uh, homage to the game. But I was like, I need your help to really craft the story because Randall has been a storyteller, a director uh, for the last 25 years he's been in the industry a long time so i really value his input and what he could bring to the table uh to this and in many ways without his help i probably would have never been able to have that that conversation with people like peter moore and people who are not voice hackers or fans of the game because the line of the the questions that we bring to the table when we do these interviews are very very different like we're, we're we want the same goal but the way we get there is is very different and with randall he'll bring out um reactions and responses um in this like really organic way that that they start like peeling back the layers of of things that um i feel like without the two of us you know you can't achieve that mm. Sounds like a good balance. Yeah, it is. It is a good balance. And he's a great guy. He's a funny guy, too. Um, good to work with. So are you going to have a section where Shen- in the film where Shenmue 3 is announced and you like feature fan reactions from YouTube or anything? Yeah, I'm still toying with how I'm going to do that part. Because like, with the editing now... Um, the way I edit is like I edit into basically small segments or chapters, try to break it down into little chunks, and then you st- find a way to stitch it all together. But um, with with that part in particular, it's like, do we tell the story chronologically and it leads up to the Shenmue 3 Kickstarter announcement, or do we establish that from the get go? Yeah. And you know, do we do we come out with do we tell uh, introduce it quickly? show the E3 reactions, and then we, as you guys put it, go back in the time machine and then tell the story from the very beginning, and then, you know, do we do it that way? But yeah, um, a tough choice, because yeah. like, there's the, always the small chance that somebody's watching this who has no idea what Shenmue is, and they're like, oh, that's a shame they're never getting their third game. What the? Oh, what the? <laughs> got announced? That's right. Oh, I'm and, so and, happy for these people. And that's uh, another, another um, awesome part about having Randall there to tell the story, is that... I want to tell the story for Shenmue fans, and he wants to tell the story for people who would just find this interesting. So not Shenmue fans, but people who would see the value in a game that went away for 15 years and then came back with a vengeance, because he sees the value in that. So we're telling the story, um, respectively, to different audiences, and we just need to find a way to merge those together. Um, I feel like I'm going to try to push for, you know, like... uh, special features extended cut where I just put as much like extra Shenmue stuff in there that we're gonna have to cut out inevitably but uh, but yeah because there's just been so much so much stuff we've got that how do you go about cutting it down to an hour and a half it's crazy <laughs> I booked my ticket to LA and I'm, we're, we're starting actually we're doing another round of uh, we're doing a week of production days um, during the week of E3 we'll be at LA uh, in, in LA. So what happened? What, yeah, what are you planning to do in LA? Are well, you going to interview Michael Huber of Easy Allies and feature his reaction in your film? <laughs> oh, we 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 actually have Michael Huber. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's in the film. I think in the last thirty second teaser, I thought we put him in there, but I might be mistaken. Maybe not. But um, no. So the cool thing about E3 is that it brings 
everybody to Los Angeles, like everybody that we're gonna yeah. need for this. So we've uh, we've lined up like five or six, like really really uh, key people that um, I'm really excited to talk to. And I think as I guess you guys grew up in Canada, I'm not sure if this was a Canadian only show, but um, I guess when you see him, you'd recognize him from. Uh, he did. He did a lot of like reporting on video games, and he had a review show. I don't want to say who. I don't want to jinx it yet, just in case something happens. But so we got uh, some recognizable faces and people who were were there with Sega of America when the game was being made. So yeah, super excited. Well, I'm excited now to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll be blasting. Uh, photos more on social media when that happens and then we'll get back to the regular posting of our little podcast things that we do um, once we have more interesting stuff to show uh, yeah so we'll be so, back at it I was just watching a little bit of one of your um, would you call them podcasts your yeah, yeah. yeah they, they call them podcasts I I guess I'd call them podcasts too yeah but um yeah, it was the one where you guys were showing a little bit of footage of when you went to Yokosuka. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. And that just really reminded me of like my pil- pilgrimage to, to Twin Peaks that I've taken a couple times now. Oh, really? This festival where I fly across the country to Washington State and go to all the filming locations. And like, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about um, going to this like? Shenmue Mecca, almost. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say it exactly that way. Shenmue, it's, it, it's our Mecca, is what they say. Yeah. Well, I um, always, I always pray to it. Uh, I, I just had a mouthful <laughs> of Sapporo there, and it almost came at me. <laughs> Sapporo, the official beer of the Shenmue M2 podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I always love just reminiscing about Japan. Uh, it was, it was really cool. So, I mean. People have done it in the past, and I, I don't know who started it, but it quickly became a thing, and and uh, the term Shenmue pilgrimage was coined. So then, when I was going to Japan, I knew that I'm like I'm taking a day and I'm going to Yokosuka and I'm doing the pilgrimage. I'm gonna find a vending machine. I'm gonna chug a, a can of Coke, make the face, you know, do the, the ooh, do that thing. That was a good uh, one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and yeah and. I guess, yeah, what do you guys uh, want to know specifically about? Uh, does it look pretty much like it does in the game, or is it uh, they take a lot of creative license, or maybe just the pas- passage of time has changed it? There are definitely um, the architecture and just the, the design of the, the streets. Uh, a lot of it feels exactly like the game. Um, I think I, I mentioned in that one episode that I did <clears throat> that when I was there, I was looking for the hill. And when I say the hill, I mean the hill that goes up to Yamanose. Um, and uh, and then when I found it, like or something that looked exactly like it, I started freaking out because it does look a lot like it. And there's there's hills, there's stairs, there's alleyways, um, even like shop signs that are just right out of the Shenmue game. Um, you have to also factor in that it's not 1986 anymore. Yeah. And um, Dubuida Street has actually become kind of like a um, like a heritage touristy spot. So there was a lot of people there. Um, where in the game, there's there's like, what, like 24 yeah. people walking around at all times. And it, and it didn't feel like any of them were tourists. Yes, exactly. So they all live there. Whereas here, it's, you know, it's... Um, like how a lot of P- 
people who live in Tokyo would be like, oh, let's spend a day in Yokosuka because it's quaint and it's got that, you know, that charm to it. Um, so they would do that. And um, so the, the only thing that was kind of that catches you by surprise is the amount of people that are there. But um, but I'd say the Shenmue like likeness of it all definitely outweighs, outweighs everything else for sure. Awesome. The best I've been able to do is to uh, go into Google Street View in uh, like my cell phone VR uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> headgear. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. actually, that's a cool way of doing it. Yeah. yeah 360 VR Street yeah. View. Yeah. There's no oh, like really cool. 3D depth, but you are in like a 360 picture and you can like, you know, take a virtual walk. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's so cool. I, I, I'm a big fan of VR technology. I, I, I think it's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you get a chance, check out the, uh, check out doing Shen. If you have a HDMI or VGA to HDMI output on your Dreamcast, check it out. It is awesome. Hook it up to your PSVR if you have. Uh, yeah, I, I do actually. I might have to give that a try. Huh. Especially the dream sequence where it's just all black and it's just happening in front of you. Yeah. Oh, that's eerie. That's spooky. It's it, like it you're, is. In a, you're in complete dark void with Londi and he's right in your face. <laughs> oh, man. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so, you got anything else? I think that's it. So, we want to thank Adam for being a guest on this uh, episode of the Shenmue AM2 podcast. Um, so, Adam, where can we find you? Uh, you could find uh, all of our info and uh, stuff that we'll be posting in the future. Um, our main page is uh, Facebook slash Shenmue Documentary, and uh, that's where we keep everybody updated. And the film, again, is called A Gamer's Journey, The Definitive History of Shenmue. Sweet. I'm looking right. forward to it. Uh, Thank oh, you. I'm so excited. Um, we can be found um, on YouTube.com slash Shenmue AM2 Podcast. We are Shenmue AM2Pod on Twitter. Please give us a follow and a retweet. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, concerns, threats, uh, send those over to Shenmue AM2Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Facebook uh, with the Shenmue AM2Podcast group. And on the dojo, Shenmue AM2Podcast uh, topic. I think that's everything. Hmm. Alright, so uh, we would like to thank our sponsor this week. Najim Hassam's Lucky Hit Museum, located near the Dim Sum Building. We have the largest selection of Lucky Hit games for you to lose on. I see. 